This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm Joe McCall, and Alex, are you there? I am here, Joe. Awesome. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Real good. Real good. We love doing these podcasts, and I hope that you guys enjoy them as much as we enjoy doing them. Um, if you haven't already, go to our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and check out our Fast Cash Survival Kit. You get a lot of really cool bonuses in there on how we, Alex and I, wholesale properties and make a bunch of money uh, doing it. And um, it's a lot of fun. We uh, enjoy teaching people how to do what we do. And we really don't hold anything back in those bonuses, do we, Alex? Nope. And it's all about creating freedom. Once you understand that you have the power to control your own financial destiny, the sky's the limit at that point. Yeah. You know, So many people are, are stuck in a rut stuck in the point where they uh, they get paid what they get paid and, and that's it. If something comes along that you know is going to be over their expenses, it's going to weigh them down and, 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 and could put them in a situation where they have to go into debt for years to try to overcome it. But uh-huh. once you realize that you can create value by locking up a property at a, at a cheaper price, uh, then you then you find somebody else to take it off your hands for. Uh, you can go out and create as much money as you want legally. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. show you how to do that in the Fast Cash Survival Kit at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go there, check it out. It's free. And by the time people are listening to this, I'm going to be getting ready to go to Prague, the Czech Republic. Wow. And yeah, yeah. What are you doing there? Well, I'm going to be just hanging out. <laughs> What? Hanging out in Prague. Yeah, the Czech Republic. My wife and I used to live there. We're going to um, just – we just still have some friends there, and uh, we used to live there back in 98 and 2000. What for were you doing work. out there in Prague in 1998? <laughs> A student exchange program uh, through, the, through the university I was going to at the time. Wow. Took some classes there in English, really had a blast, fell in love with Prague. It's a beautiful area. And if people have never been there, you should go if you go to Europe. Um, so wow. we just decided, you know what, let's go. My wife homeschools the kids. and uh, But the reason I'm saying that is because I'm going to be, right now the plans are, I'm going to have a blog that I'm going to be creating, uh, chronicling my time there. I'm going to actually pick a city uh, it's somewhere in the U.S. and try to wholesale deals from Prague uh, in this other city in the U.S. and I'm going to mega chronicle. virtual wholesaling. Yeah, and I'm going to just prove that it can be done. I'm not going to try. I'm going to do it. It's doable, man. You do I it know. from wherever. I know. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I got I got uh, deals going on um, in North Carolina right now. I'm not there. Deals are happening. My students just closed a deal for thirty thousand dollars out in L.A. Sweet. I funded the deal transactionally for him, so he's stoked about that. So. You could do deals from sitting in your chair. You know, one of my one of my friends who works with me here as a as a rehabber um, slash partner. He's like, 
dude, what do you do all day? You just sit at home in your chair and I'm out here running around doing all these things. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm working. I'm making things happen. I'm just, you know, being the puppet master, <laughs> making, orchestrating things. I, I, yeah. you know, a lot of people think that if you're out running around and you're busy, then it's like an accomplishment. I look at it and say, man, I, I got to be making money. I got to make things happen to make money. It doesn't matter whether I'm out looking at properties because if I'm looking at properties and I'm not making any money, then, you know, what am I doing? I can, <laughs> wasting gas and wasting time uh, so I can feel busy? I, I can yeah. hear our guest today, Claude, smiling right now because his big motto is, you are in business to make money today. <laughs> and uh, we'll... We'll get them on here in just a second. But first, I wanted to uh, read a couple reviews. We sure appreciate the reviews people leave on iTunes. Um, one of them is by uh, Inland Property. Joe and Alex, along with their talented guests, are providing such awesome content for the real estate investing industry. So far, they are greatly exceeding what our minds would think of without them. Wow. Okay, great. Chuck. I know this guy, Chuck, too. Bowman, great friend of mine. I've been around real estate investing for a long time, and he has. <laughs> a very a very long time, Chuck. Uh, and Joe has a real knack for breaking the business down into understandable pieces and explaining them in a way that is simple to understand. Uh, I've been using Joe's material for about two years now, and it has always been right on the mark. I think he is one of the best, and it's just a bonus that he seems to be like a nice guy as well. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Chuck. But listen, guys, seriously, leave us a review in iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, it helps with our rankings, and uh, we'll probably read your review on our next episode. So listen, uh, I have a really, I'm really excited about this guest we have on today. He's one of my mentors, uh, and his name is Claude Diamond. And uh, I, I am just, every time I talk to this guy, I'm blown away with um, how smart he is. <laughs> I mean that because uh, he's been around the block for a long time. I, I jokingly call him the, uh, the, the, the grandfather of lease purchasing, but he's not that old. He's the godfather of lease purchasing. And I've learned so much about uh, real estate investing from him and not just about lease purchasing, which is my kind of niche, but also about sales and how to talk to sellers because it's so important. You can get the phone to ring all day, but unless you know what to say to sellers, you're really going to be wasting your time and your money. Um, but he's, uh, he's a great investor, lives in Colorado Springs. I'm sorry, Winter Park and San Diego. You have two homes. Right now you're in San Diego. Is that right, Claude? That's right. I even have my Hawaiian shirt on because ah. it is so beautiful uh -huh. outside right now. Yeah. And how you guys doing? We're doing great. Doing really awesome. Good, good. Good. I, 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 I enjoyed listening to your intro before um, talking about the lifestyle. And, you know, Joe and I, uh, you know, we, my kids um, who are grown up now, uh, and we homeschooled both of them. Uh, we had a portable business. Why not a portable educational system? Yeah. And we love to travel like uh, you were talking about, Joe. And my wife and I took the kids all over Europe and uh, so many great places. Uh, some they remember, some they don't. And, uh, you know, thanks to this wonderful business, we had uh, adventures with the kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't just put them in a school and forget about them for eight to ten hours. Uh it was a real, uh, it's part of that whole lifestyle, this whole wonderful creative real estate lifestyle. So I'm glad you you talk about that, Joe. Well, it's, and that's what I love about this business is I can do what I'm doing from anywhere in the world. And I'm just going to go out there and prove it. 
And I want my kids to have uh, great memories of us traveling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, Alex, I expect you to come and visit us. How about that? Well, uh -oh. closest I've been to Prague Street or Prague <laughs> has been my street where I grew up on Prague Street. <laughs> but uh, okay. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be coming out to Prague. Especially with a brand new little baby on the way in a couple months. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. Yes, yes, that's yes, nice. yes. Well, you know, dangerous thing about Prague, though, the food is so good. You <laughs> you're guaranteed to come home 10 pounds heavier, Joe. Oh, that's not good, Joe. That's not good. <laughs> well, the beer is really good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we, when I was there last, I literally, I seriously, I lost 20 pounds because, um, Oh, you walk so much, and you take public transportation everywhere. Um, so it's it's a much more active lifestyle in Europe. And uh, I've never needed to rent a car in all my travels through Europe and everything. Never needed to rent a car. There's such good public transportation. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun, you know. And this back to this business. Um, it, today it's so you know when I was doing it with my kids, we had. You know, the phone, uh, we had the early fo uh, cell phones, which were the size of a concrete block. Yeah. Um, we had fax machines, but it was still a portable business. It was still it was still viable. Today, with what we're recording this on Skype today and what we have with the smartphones, the Androids and the iPhones and the iPads and, and all this stuff, the business, I mean, I can, I remember watching my kids' soccer games and doing deals in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the other parents were cheering in the stands. I was cheering from the, from the Lexus uh, while talking to somebody. <laughs> and I, I said, what's better? I'm able to watch my kid. I'm able to do business and then, you know, put the phone down and go outside and everything. And uh, God, it was great. And then the technology has just given us such freedom. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, we were in Colorado um, last, it was July, Claude. We saw you in Winter Park as we drove through to Estes Park. That's right. That's and, right. Um, it blew me away thinking that uh, we, we were there for, it was supposed to be about a week vacation. And right before we left, we just decided, let's stay another week and let's go to Estes Park. We were in Breckenridge. And uh, so we actually extended our vacation. I didn't have to ask for any time off. Um, but, <laughs> I love it. I love I, it. And I was able to. Get, still get some work done from the uh, the internet we had there at the house we were staying in. Sure. And uh, still get business done. And I thought, you know, that's really when I got the first idea of going to Prague for a couple months. Uh, my business isn't going to skip a beat. And I'm actually going to try to do some deals in a new city that I've never done before. But, um, Claude, you've been – how long have you been investing in real estate? You know um... – Long enough to know better. Let me say it like that. I've been, um, you know, I started, I'm from New York City originally, no kidding. Uh -huh. um, and then I moved to New Jersey. And I, I got a job when I graduated in college uh, back in the disco days. Um, and uh, I had a corporate job and I really didn't like it. I didn't like the office politics. I didn't like that I wasn't in control of my income. Uh, I, I, I just don't play nice with others, Joe. I've come to admit that in my old age. And um, I, I did what most of us do. Uh, you know, I, I, I got that real estate fever. You guys remember when you got real estate fever? Oh, yeah. 
And uh, when I got that real estate fever, you know, I did what most people do, bought a lot of books, uh, went to some club meetings, went to a heck of a lot of uh, uh, get-rich-quick seminars at the Holiday Inn with the bad donuts and the stale and the uh, and the and the weak coffee. And um, <laughs> you know, and I I did some real estate deals. Um, and uh, the trouble was uh, I had a lot of energy. I had, you know, the I had some money and I bought some properties and I became a landlord on bad properties, bad neighborhoods, high maintenance, um, a lot of rent collection issues. And you know why? You know me, Joe. I like to talk about the real world. And it wasn't fun. Yeah. It wasn't what I envisioned. Had to keep the corporate job because I had to continue to support my tenant's way of life. Because <laughs> 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 they, and I, I, you know, and uh, the trouble is we need to talk more about the tools of this business, the sales, the marketing, the reality. It's not a get rich quick, it's a get wealthy slow business mm -hmm. and you have to work very hard at this business you know we talk we talk a lot about the deals and stuff but we all work very hard at this business we also work very smart at it too yeah and i was very fortunate i met one gentleman self-made millionaire i've written my books about max my mentor and you know if it wasn't for max if it wasn't for that uh, meeting that one special person who was doing real estate phenomenally well he was a very wealthy man he was very successful um, I'd be flipping burgers somewhere and cle cleaning a Slurpee machine, um, you know. So that's the guy who really got me into real estate the right way, uh, because I was ready to quit. It's a very, it can be a very frustrating business to some people. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. How how did you find your mentor, Max? You know, I I I was doing the kind of real estate. I read Robert Allen's book. Uh, what was it called? Um, Nothing Down. Yeah. Uh huh. Read him every. Uh, read William Nickerson's book. How I changed five thousand into five million. I um, I was a big big fan of the Financial Freedom Report. Um, help me out. What's his name again? Mark Harrelson. Okay. And most of these guys were talking about fix and flip. Uh, they were talking about sweat equity, uh, things like that. Now was and, this in the um, was this in the nineties? Uh, no, it was more like the eighties. Uh, okay. Okay, and um, these are good strategies. They weren't the right thing for me because I was running out of money. I was running out of credit. I was maximizing my credit, um, and it wasn't. And the maintenance and the bill collect collection and the legalistics were overwhelming me. Yeah. Uh, I got into real estate for one very good reason. I wanted freedom. I think uh, Alex was talking about that earlier. I wanted the freedom. I wanted to work from home. I'm a home buddy. I love freedom. I love uh, going to bed and not worrying about money. Yeah, and that is the key. Yeah, and you know, corporate America. They, you know, um, I was I was doing well, but I wasn't doing great. And I saw the writing on the wall. I saw a lot of older people in my company. Uh, they were there for twenty, thirty years. They weren't making much more money than I was, and. Uh, oh. Uh, they they weren't enthusiastic. They didn't strike me as being happy. I want to get up. And, you know what's the great thing about our business? I get up in the morning. I know what I'm going to do. I love what I'm going to do. Uh, I enjoy it so much. How many people? What a bless. Work is not a four-letter word if you're doing something you love. Right. And, you know, it was just, um, uh, where were we? Um, you're talking about um, in the 80s and the books you were reading and how you yeah. met your mentor. Yeah, and um, I asked around a lot about Matt, uh, about 
I heard a little bit about lease purchasing options. I knew a little bit about it from the stock market, actually. Alex was talking about that, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I said, gee, we, I wish I could find out more about this. And in those days, there was not very much about options. Robert Allen and all the other books that were out, maybe they had a couple pages or two on options. And I asked around, and everybody kept, it kept coming back to this one man. His name was Max, and all he did was options. And here was a way to do real estate without the bank. Can you imagine doing real estate without a bank? Yeah. Without the overhead, without the maintenance, without the tenants pay you on time and take care of the maintenance. You make money up front. You're not liable for the taxes, the insurance, the overhead and repairs. You actually can control. If, if I went to someone brand new and I said, you can actually get into real estate and control real estate it, it, by negotiating these options and have the same control as though you own it without the overhead, the investment, and the liabilities. And this concept still to this day blows me away, guys. It hasn't changed at all. It really hasn't changed. There's so many different ways to do it, and there are different styles, and there's different strategies. But the bottom line is I can go to any seller and say, hey, uh, I'm interested in buying your property. Could we negotiate a rental for a period of time and a possible purchase in the future? And uh, I'm ready to talk with you today. Uh, I approach people as a pro, and you know, Max was, this is all Max was doing. He was doing uh, arbitrage real estate, uh, cooperative options, sandwich. He was doing, before we had all these nice little titles for it, he was doing all this stuff. Yeah. And the, there was such a magic in watching him. He'd pick up the phone. And I'd see him do deals, and he'd make more money on one deal than I'd make in a whole year in corporate America. Wow. And I said, oh, gosh, i got to learn from this guy. So I basically, um, I'd work for him after my regular job. I'd go and work for him in the late afternoon. I'd work for him on the weekends. It was the price I was willing to pay to be around someone who was a lot smarter than me. I was basically a glorified gopher. Hmm. Okay, I was a guy with a law degree, a business degree, a corporate suit, a company car, and you know what? I fetched this guy bagels and coffee and picked up his dry cleaning. <laughs> I forgot to mention that about you. You do have a law degree. You yeah. are a lawyer. I'm a recovering attorney. Okay. <laughs> and uh that that's amazing. And um I I should say too um Alex, I uh, was talking to Claude, uh boy, it was about a eight months ago or so and i said hey i got this seller lead here and he said oh stop he said what's the number give me the phone number and i said uh well okay well the name is no no stop don't, don't give me the name me. He, and i he said well, i said well don't you want to know the address or what kind of house it is no 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 and uh he said just give me the phone number and so <laughs> i gave him the phone number and he calls the seller up and gets a deal right there on the phone yeah, <laughs> it, it, it blew me I, away. I get calls on that one video. I've done about I got about 115 videos on YouTube. Yeah. Do you know Do you know which is the one they call me about? The one that is the most popular. That one we did. Yeah, they love that because uh, it wasn't staged. It wasn't rehearsed. We just went for it. Uh, you know, I and uh, that's my gut system. Uh, you're referring to. Yeah. You know, and, and you know when I, when I I mentor people and what. The one thing I, I try to keep things real simple, and I, the one question I always ask my mentees when we have a scheduled appointment is, how many phone calls did you make today? Mm. 
and I'll say, can you make at least five, can you do this for me? Can you make five phone calls a day? Can you talk to five different people a day? Buyers, sellers, investors, professionals, I don't care. If you can talk to five people a day, that's 25 a week, just Monday through Friday. Okay, somewhere in that 25 people, there's a deal. Yep. There's money to be made. You, there's money so you can go to Prague and buy it or whatever you want. It's just about the consistency, the enthusiasm in the organization, getting out there and making those calls, talking to people. And, and probably the most important thing I teach is be a problem solver. Don't be adversarial with people. We're not trying to beat them up. We're not trying to kick a dog when we're down. I go to people and I almost like a consultant, I say, what's your problem? What would you like to see happen? Um, Would you be willing to be a little flexible? If I give you the price, will you give me the terms so we can structure this as a rent-to-own, a lease purchase? And I think we can, it may not be perfect, but at least it's better than letting the property languish on the market or just be driven crazy by tenant and toilet uh, maintenance problems and things. So, uh, one thing I want to leave people with who are living this, uh, listening to this, be a problem solver. Use lease purchasing. It's a great strategy. It's a KISS method. And approach people in a non-adversarial way. Right. And if you're looking for that video, by the way, just go to YouTube and search for uh, Claude Diamond and Joe McCall, and uh, you'll see that video there. Um, Claude, you do you know, you know, do a bunch of different types of real estate. You don't, you're, you don't just do lease purchasing, but what you are really, really good at is uh, sales. And what I mean by that is uh, talking to sellers. And, and in fact, you even consult people um, even outside of the real estate investing circles. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you came across your sales methods? And and uh, how did you talk about the, the, the how you learned it the wrong way and how you learned it the right way? Well, you know, I always like to tell people you got to learn to give good phone. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the one thing I, I learned from mentoring, um, I meet with a lot of really wonderful people from all over the U.S., even other countries. I have clients in Asia and Australia and Africa, Europe. And the one thing, they're enthusiastic. They, they want the freedom that, you, that we're talking about today, the financial freedom, the lifestyle. They, um, they're very sincere. They're not doing it so they can have 10 cars in the garage. They're doing it because they want to take care of their families. They want to make sure their kids uh, live well and healthy and go to, go to good schools and stuff. They're, very, um, they, they're doing it for the right reason. They're intelligent and they're motivated and they're well-meaning. The problem is, uh, and they study very, very hard. They read the book. They quote me my book from Passages I Forgot, Joe. You know, and the, th- the one... What's that? I said nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, oh, did I say that? When did I write that? You know, and they're they really know their stuff. Here's the problem, though, for a lot of people, it is the communication. It is the art and science of persuasion. Mm-hmm. Learning to give good phone. Learning how to work really smart. How to feel comfortable. My daughter used to say, "Dad, you are comfortable in your own skin." And I always took that as the greatest compliment because I could get on the phone and I think Alex said before I could talk to wallpaper or something like that. I'm the same exact way. We need to teach people not only the strategies of lease purchasing and all these other great strategies, but they're doomed. And this is the horrible part. And you've heard me say this before, Joe. They're doomed to fail 
if they are not superb in sales and marketing. They're doomed to fail. Isn't that a horrible thing for a teacher to say? Well, it's absolutely right. And and Alex and I have said this forever, right, Alex, that it's all about marketing. It's all about getting it's, those leads in. It's not just sales and marketing. It's it's the ability to talk to people and to get them to talk to you and to basically let them tell you if you've got, you know, a viable deal situation on your hands, you have to learn to be comfortable with people and get them comfortable with you so that they can tell you pretty much how to close them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, people get kind of scared away from the terms sales and marketing, but really all it is is about how to talk to people, how to listen to people, and how to let people know you're working along with them to achieve, you know, the common good, the common goal. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we teach people a three-step system. We kind of give them, a lot of people want organization. Uh, they, uh, sales is so subjective. It's an art and it's a science. So we teach the science part and we practice the art part. Uh, we do a lot, of, when I teach people in my mentoring program, we do a lot of role playing. We practice and we tape those and we record those role plays. I'm the buyer, they're the seller, and we change roles and we do different scenarios and things like that. And gosh, this helps them. They come back to me and say, Claude, you won't believe it. The thing we just practiced, I had some guy ask me that exact same question on the phone and I was prepared for it. Um, I, I have two new clients, two young fellas from Murrieta, California. I uh, just started working with them. Uh, we started, they're real smart in the technology area, but they were weak in the sales. And we practiced some of their greatest, uh, the objections and stalls they get. And we practiced and practiced. Three days later, they got somebody with one of the uh, role plays we did, and they closed them and made an upfront $5,000 profit. And they, they were two feet above the ground. They were so excited because they said, Claude, we understand sales so much better now. We have a little idea. It's not just about throwing out a lot of presentations. It's about, like what Alex said, listening to them, asking the right questions, creating what I call the environment of success, making those people want to buy from us, not feeling pressured and manipulated. You know, sales is so brutal to so many people. You tell them, look, pick up the phone and talk to strangers. I mean, we're all carrying a lot of baggage from our mom and dads who said, when you go out to play, Alex or Joe, don't talk to strangers, right? Yeah. Everybody's mom and dad said that. Right, right. Okay? And we grow up, and what do we have to do? We've got to talk to strangers. Otherwise, we're not going to make any money, are we, guys? No. You know? And so I tried to make it into a three-step system. Uh, with little baby steps. And you and Joe, you and I did a, a really fun webinar, now, uh, God, last year sometime, where we really yeah. broke it down with the mind maps and everything. And we learned to teach people how to ask the right questions with redirection. It's kind of a form of reverse psychology. I learned this from actually Max. I, used, I listened to him for hours and hours on the phone. And when I was getting on the phone with people, I sounded like a broken record. I sounded like a, a billboard, like a, like a walking, talking sales commercial. Yeah. And I said the same thing over and over all day long to people. I would give presentation. I would do the features and benefits. I, I went to sales courses that talked about sizzle and steak and asked for the order five times and things. And I got to tell you something, it, it wasn't working for me. I had to find a better way to sell. I loved real estate. I loved um, lease purchasing, but uh, my close ratio wasn't very good. And I was wasting a lot of time 
uh, giving these long presentations on the phone to people who said things like, uh, I know this never happens to you, uh, Joe and Alex, but a lot of people said to me, I'll think about it. Or what's the other thing they always say? I need to talk to my wife. Yep. Yep. Alex, you ever hear any, uh, what's the, what's some of the good stuff you hear? Um, well, I'm thinking about this and you, uh, you're the first person I talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we don't make money when we're a broken record. So we, I, I, I told, I learned from Max, he would, he would almost interview people like he was a doctor or a lawyer, a patient or a client comes into your office. You don't tell them, Hey, I went to Harvard here for my law degree and I've been in business a lot of years and we're, we're having a special on divorces and lawsuits this week. If you have our coupon, (laughs) they don't do that. Do they guys? No. What do, what do professionals do when you walk into their office? A doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a dentist? What do they say? They say, tell me what's wrong. Yeah. Hey, where's it hurt, baby? What's the problem? And then you tell them and they ask more questions. And then they, you know, and, and that's the basis of qualification. And what we do is we treat everybody like they're a customer. And, and you know what? Uh, the reality is not everybody is a prospect. Some people don't have the need for what we're selling. Some people don't have the authority to give a commitment. Some people don't have the money. Hard to believe, but in this environment, in this recession, a lot of people are struggling with money and credit. Are we going to sell somebody who doesn't fulfill the qualification needs of doing a lease purchase? No. No. So how long do you want to be on a phone with them, Joe? Not very long at all. Not very long at all. But the way I was selling, it was just basically giving them my, my, my best 20, 25 minute million dollar presentation, you know, glow in the dark PowerPoint presentation. And, and then they'd say they think about it, they'd get back to me, they don't have the money. And that's not working smart, guys. That's kind of missionary selling. And that's treating everybody like they're a prospect. But everybody, the reality is, and I try to teach reality. KISS method, that some people are better prospects than others. Some people are what we call higher probability prospects. True or false? True. Yeah. So if we can spend our valuable time, God gives us all the same amount of time. If we can spend the our valuable time, knowledge, and energy with those higher probability prospects who have the need, have some kind of urgency, uh, I call them needs and greeds, have the money or the credit or the house, to, to uh, uh, do a deal with us, have the authority and the character to give us some kind of tentative commitment. That's the guy or girl I'll spend as much time as necessary with on the phone, and my close ratio goes through the roof. Yeah, That's working smart. That's the gut sales method. You know, I was um, reminded of that after talking to a student um, about a year and a half ago, and um, he said, Joe, I've been struggling with talking to sellers because all I feel like I'm doing is spinning my wheels and explaining all the benefits of this stuff to them. And they just don't get it. They sound like, I sound like, I feel like a salesman. I'm selling something. And uh, he said, um, you know, I've, I've figured it out. The harder I chase them, the faster they'll run. And I said, bingo, you got it. So what do you do about it? And he said, well, he said, I just mentally, I started telling myself that I'm in a hurry and I only have a few minutes. Um, and when I'm talking to sellers on the phone, I don't sound impatient, but um, I just ask a few questions to see if they're even in a position where they want to do a deal. And, um, but he doesn't go into explaining everything. And one of the best things I learned from you, Claude, was um, how 
you know, for example, when you're talking to a seller, instead of saying, tell me about the house, how many bedrooms does it have? What kind of shape is it in? You could ask a question like, well, what's your situation? Yeah. And, and, um, but just by asking those probing questions, when I started changing my perspective on that, um, all I do now when I talk to sellers is ask questions. And I'll even explain the benefits of what I'm offering as a question. If we could do this and this and this for you, is there any reason why we couldn't do business today? See, I love that. that one question alone, just like that, Joe, can make such a world of difference. In fact, in our first step in the gut sales method, we call that step the agenda. And we go right away, hey, Mr. Prospect, um, I know you have a house for sale or you want to get into a house or you're an investor and want to do more deals. you mind if I ask you, Joe, you mind if I just ask you a few questions and see if we can do business today? Sure. You want to do a role play right now? Oh, I'd love one. You got Anybody got a scenario they want to do? or? Uh, how about I do one and then you do one with uh, Alex? Okay. Go ahead. What am I going to be, the buyer or the seller? How about uh, you're the investor buyer and I'm the seller? Okay. And you're going to take the, uh, you're going to, okay. And you're going to close me, right? Or am I going to close you as an investor? You be the closer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to embarrass myself. Okay. Say hello, Joe. <laughs> hello. This is Joe. Yeah. Hi, Joe. My name's Claude Diamond. I got your phone number here. Uh, um, why am I calling you? Uh, boy, I don't know. Um, you, how'd you get my this phone This isn't number? about real estate, is it? Um, uh, yeah, it might be. That's it. How can I help you? Well, I, I don't know. You called me. Um, you don't have any, it's probably sold already, right? Oh no, my house? No, yeah. I, I, uh, no, it's listed for sale right now with the. Oh, it's probably an escrow. No, it's not. Uh, we don't have any offers on it. Oh, oh, what is this? Uh, you don't mind me asking you a few questions, do you, Joe? Maybe we can do business today. Sure, sure. sure. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and is this your own home or an investment property? This is our this, own house. Oh, you're living in it. Well, yeah, but my wife has just moved to Houston, and and uh, I'm staying here until we sell it. Sounds like the perfect marriage. <laughs> well, no, it's not been easy. You really? No. So why don't you just stay there or keep both houses? What's the problem? Uh, well. You know, we're, we don't know what to do, really. Um, our realtor, we've been trying to sell it. and uh, you know, Keep they, the house. Keep the house. It can't be costing you that any money, right? Yeah. yeah well, we, we are. I mean, we're, we can't buy another house in Houston until we um, sell this one. So oh, Why is that? Um, not we, sure if I understand. Well, we just can't afford to. Uh, we can't get another mortgage until we buy until we sell this house. Okay, little. So there's a little financial pressure because you have an existing mortgage, taxes, insurance, maintenance, things like that on this house. Yeah, we're we're thinking we may have to rent it, but we really don't want to do that. We don't, I don't want to be a landlord. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So wow. So if I understand you correctly, is, so how soon do you want to sell it? How long have you been trying to sell this thing, Joe? Uh well. It's been on the market about six months now. Wow, six months. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what are you doing? Flying? If you don't mind me asking a personal question, are you flying back and forth to Texas all the time? Uh, well, about once a month I'll go down there and or um, you know, my wife will come up here once a month. So it's, been, it's, it's not been easy. Airfare expensive? Yes. Okay, time away from the kid. You have kids, right? Um, yes, we do. Oh, God. Uh, not little ones, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're in grade school. Oh, God. you know that would. How many you got, Joe? I have two kids. 
I have two two also. My, you know that would break my heart to not see my kids on a regular basis. How are you dealing with that? Uh, it's it's tough. You know, wow. it's it's hard being away from them. Okay, let's take a break here for a second. What right. am I what am I doing here? Um, Twisting the knife. <laughs> what am I doing here? But here's, yeah. Can I give you guys the million-dollar rule? Yeah. This is the thing people pay me an awful lot of money to learn. You don't want me to share it with your audience, do you? No. Go ahead, please. This is the most important. Seriously, this is the most important thing I teach people. And if you understand this rule, you implement this rule, you practice it every day, you will have a blank check in front of you the rest of your life. And I, Joe and I just demonstrated that. The million-dollar rule goes like this. People make decisions immediately emotionally. Yep. They, they decide quickly based on a feeling of need, um, uh, you know, of a pain, of a future joy, of uh, something that's bothering them, a financial constraint. They, they make immediate business decisions emotionally. They will only justify them later intellectually or academically yep okay if you go and joe and what i'm doing to joe see what would the amateur salesperson do with joe on a phone call like we just did immediately go into all the benefits of why they should you know sell their house to you joe baby let me tell you about lease purchasing best thing since the english muffin it i'll tell you what joe this thing is great you know and, and then they go into that <laughs> defense, whole thing defense walls immediately go up when you do that that's yeah. right does the let me ask you something do prospects have a method of defense when they meet a salesperson um very standoffish yeah. Right. What, You're not going to sell me. When you get a salesman who's a little bit too salesy, what do we all do? Shut down. Yeah. We shut down. We lie. We manipulate. We. I got to talk to my wife. I got to check my finances. Send me some information, which goes in the shredder. You know. Uh, you know. Any. They pick our brain. We do free consulting. They put a. When we get too close to closing, or we're a little too salesy, they shut us down. They have a room. Prospects have a remarkable system of self-defense. Yeah. And they actually control the whole business process, if you think about it, in traditional amateur sales. But what Joe and I, all I did with Joe is I didn't, did I talk anything about lease purchasing? No. How come? <clears throat> well, you're pushing the, the pain button, the hot button. You're driving him from pain to pleasure. Yeah. Did I put you on a one through 10? 10 meaning you're in a lot of agony. Yeah. You're what, what, score would you, what score would you give him, Alex? Well, uh, Joe? Yeah, probably an eight or nine. Oh, yeah. You were right up there, man. Your kids, your wife, ex airfare expense, a mortgage, another apartment in Houston, family split apart, six months trying to sell a house. All we talked about was you and very, I think, very passionate type of questions and issues, right? Oh, yeah. What do people do when they have these strong emotional issues, family Children, finances, being apart. They want to get them fixed as fast as possible. Amen, brother. You got it. People make immediate emotional dis business decisions. Okay? They'll justify it later. So Joe calls his wife. Joe does a deal with me. 
He's going to call his wife tonight. Is he going to talk? Is he going to? He's going to rationalize it to her, isn't he? Yeah. What's that going to sound like, Joe? What are you going to say to your lovely bride? Well, hey, I found this guy who can help us. Uh, has a solution for our house, and I can, uh, I can move down back to Houston sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. You're going to intellectualize why you want to do this with me. Uh huh. You want to go? So see how important this rule is and its application. Once I have you qualified, once I have you in that environment of success, once I've got you around an eight, nine, or ten, then, and I get a ten, what we call a tentative commitment. Okay. Do you guys know what a tentative commitment is? Would Would you be uh, if I can help you? Um get rid of this pain, whatever it is, would you be willing to uh, move in, in that direction today? Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Well yeah. said. Yeah, that's exactly it. Then I might go, uh, let's go back to, you want to go back to that role play for another minute, Joe? Yeah, I do. And I want to pretend that the house is vacant because I love how you handle this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Joe, uh, you're, you're not living in the house? No, it's been vacant. Oh, okay. Well, you must be very well off. Yeah, you find it, you must be in a great financial position. My wife would kill me if my house was empty. She would <laughs> no. just go, oh my God, all that money we've been saving and now it's just going down the toilet on this empty house. Oh gosh. And you know, well, how are you dealing with that, Joe? Uh it's it's not been easy, you know, making payments on that vacant house. I really need to sell it fast. Yeah. I yeah. I mean six months. You probably have a very low mortgage, next to nothing, right? No, it's about it's about a thousand dollars a month. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. Now you tell me a thousand a month, yeah. and it's been empty six going on seven months. Oh uh, yeah, seven thousand dollars. I could take a va- I could take the family to Prague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, seven. That, that's so much money. Uh, you know, and one of the worst feelings in the world, Joe. Maybe this never happened to you. Is is going to bed at night worrying about money. <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever have that feeling? Oh, yeah. Let me ask you something, Joe, before I get off the phone. Okay. Uh, I do something called renting to own. Suppose I sent you an, a, a contract today or a letter, of, a simple letter of intent, if you want to think about it and get back to me this evening. Uh-huh. Um, you talk to your wife, as I'm sure you do. Suppose I said to you that maybe I could solve these problems in the next 30 days uh, by doing a rent to own. By okay. making sure you get paid on time, your property's well taken care of, and possibly even sold in the next couple years. How okay. would you? And it's okay to say no to me, Joe. Okay, I want you to do what's right for you. How do you feel about this? That sounds good. What? That sounds good. I... Which? What does that mean? Um, I'd I'd be interested in getting more information about that. And then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to do that. I, well, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. My hearing aid fell out again. What? <laughs> I'd like to do that. Yeah. Y- yes. Oh, okay. Great. Tell you what we'll do. Let me let me send you a letter of intent, okay. uh, kind of outlining what we've discussed today. Okay. And then you and I have a, let's have a meeting today at 430. And if we want to move forward, if you and your, uh, your bride are comfortable with this, I'm going to get you a contract. We'll have another meeting tomorrow and we'll decide whether to move forward or it's over. Is that fair? Sure. Yes. 
Okay, great. I'll, uh, I got your email address here, and uh, I think we can. Uh, I think we can make this all go, um, go away and make it a lot better for you and your family, so you can go back down to Texas, be with the kids, and get this burden off your back. I, how you feel about that, Joe? That would be great. I love it. Okay, talk to you later. All right, thanks. Boom. This is what yeah. it sounds like, guys. Yeah. Did you See, notice that, Alex? How he? Uh, well, it's huge to set up that follow-up time because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. But if you actually set the time to get back with somebody, that right there is huge. And then answering, ending it by saying, um, after we have this meeting, this is going to help you get back to your state of pleasure. So mm -hmm. huge. It's, it's about the emotion. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, Alex. The time value which is part of the gut sales system. Too many times we have a good conversation like this and then we leave it open-ended, which just kills me because they'll say, well, you know, this sounds great, Claude, and everybody's enthusiastic and excited and they say, get back to me and, and, uh, and okay, when? What time? What? It's okay to say no to me. These are all, you've yeah. got to listen to this tape, folks, a couple times because these role plays, I'll tell you what, the, Joe, you're charging for this podcast, right? <laughs> no. You know, what you are giving to your listeners today is something I charge a heck of a lot of money for. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad to share it because we've got to learn to put time values. We've got to learn the science and art of redirection. Asking, did you notice a lot of my questions had a positive or negative connotation to them? Well, yeah. And, um, you, you know, I said my house is vacant. Um, you said, oh, my wife. Surely, you know, you, you ask the questions, well, surely you have enough money in the bank or surely your payments can't be that much. Or, Why do I do that? To get the seller to acknowledge how um, they're paying and how yeah. difficult it is. Back to the, back to the million dollar rule again. Uh -huh. uh, there, right there, he's handing me the sword to make the deal happen today. This is what I learned from my mentor, Max. There is no tomorrow. There's only today. Do the deals today. Max's number one rule is, why are we in business? And he used to say, we are in business to make money today. Yep. And he'd go for it. In one, I used to see this guy, one phone call, close people on real estate deals. I've never seen anyone sell like that before. I was the guy who always went back and forth and back and forth. And then the people wouldn't return the phone calls or they think about it or, or something new came up and they forgot about me or they didn't want to. They weren't as excited a week later or a couple days later as they were at that very moment. Why don't we capitalize on the moment? That's what professional gut selling is about. Yeah, there really is a cooling off period. You call it, you know, when the ether has worn off, is what <laughs> one of my friends has said. You know, yeah. And yeah. once that's gone, all your work you did pretty much, you know, it's still there, but it's like seventy-five percent damaged. <laughs> you've, you've got a moment, you know. Both you guys are married, right? Yeah. Okay. You remember that magic moment? There's a moment in dating and stuff. There's that moment where you go for it, where you kiss your bride, your girlfriend. You just go for it. There's that moment. Okay. And you sometimes you've got to seize the opportunity. You got to seize the moment. You can't put it off for another time. Say, hey, Mr. Prospect, Miss Prospect, you have a problem. Your house is empty. You're separated from your family. It's costing you money. Your wife is worried about that. You're worried about it. I think we have a solution. Should we move forward on this? It's okay to say no to me, but the problems won't go away. What would you like to do, sir? Yeah. Ugh, tell me that isn't powerful. 
Well, it is. And, and, and you intentionally asked me to repeat the yes. And you, asked, you intentionally asked me to. Why do to, I do that? Uh, just to. So you're not being compliant. Hmm. Partially. What else am I doing? Why do I really? Why do I do that all the time? Why do I say my famous what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every time we've done a role play like that, you do you do that too. And uh, I do it for a very important reason. Did you ever notice? And if you listen back to this podcast, sometimes you redefine your answer. Did you ever notice that? Yeah. You don't always say the same thing. Sometimes you put a little icing on the cake. Yeah. You'll say, well, this sounds really good, Claude. Well, what does that mean, Joe? Well, I, I, I think we want to go for it. Well, you think or you know. Or, and then you say, no, this is what I need to do. Uh, uh, this sounds great. Let's go for it. And you, know, so, and you keep the, – the, the more I get you involved and I say what and what does that mean and, and everything, the more you redefine, the more you, may, you put closure on the deal. And that's so important. How many times do people, what are those words that people use when they want to, they don't want to offend us, they want to be polite. What are those words they use? They mean nothing, those words, but they sound nice. And we think we got a sale and we have nothing. I think about it. Think about it. What else? Um, Coulda, maybe. I had one guy said, Claude, you know, this sounds so good. I'm going to give it my highest consideration. I've really enjoyed this. Let's talk again in a week or two. Uh, I'm really feeling good about this. And I'm going to review all your, your paperwork and your brochures and stuff. And I said, great. And I went to the parking lot and I said, oh, man, I got a sale. Guess what happened a week later? He forgot about you. Yeah, I was like I was a, rel- a long-lost relative trying to borrow money. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's how it works <laughs> yeah so you gotta go for the kiss you gotta go for the moment hmm. you got sometimes you gotta just i call it guts for a reason gut stands for great unorthodox untraditional techniques of sales and success very long but it really means having the unmitigated goal the chutzpah the ability to seize the moment to do what everyone else is not willing to do you know my competition is still going out there they're still giving presentations they're still getting manipulated and lied to they're still getting frustrated and I've been doing this business a real long time and I still look forward to every day because every phone call is a new adventure yeah and and that's the way we've got to look at it. It's not a it's a business. It's not a hobby. We've got to incorporate these skills, the lease purchasing with really contemporary skills of sales is is it, it that is the roadmap to financial freedom. That's good. It's real good. You guys got me excited about this again. <laughs> Claude, can we do can 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 I put uh, Alex in the ringer? Do a, Sure. Play Let's Alex? give me a scenario. Sure. sure. What's the scenario? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a real situation because right now, uh, well, no, you don't. You you have to figure. You have to drag it out of me. That's okay. That's how it works. <laughs> okay. So what what's the situation, Alex? Are you the seller? He saw my ad on Craigslist that I'm trying to sell my property. Okay. And there's something. There's some hidden problem or issue, right? Uh yes. There's an objection that I have to lease optioning. Yep. Okay. You say hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Alex. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, Claude Diamond here is is this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Uh, yeah, that's I, right. I've got your I've got your phone number here. I'm sorry, I'm a little embarrassed. Why am I calling? Um that's a good question. Give me Why a good answer. Uh, I'm in real estate and got sales training and Oh, oh, maybe you uh, maybe you saw my ad on uh, Craigslist about I my bet, house. I bet that's it. How can I help you? Um, well, do you want to buy my house? Sure. That'd be great. How can we do that today? Um, well, you saw I'm asking um 18149, did you walk through it? No, I don't know anything. All I got is this little post-it with your phone number on it. I don't know a thing about your house. It's one eighty. It's one eighty-four. Is that a fair price for this current market? Uh, I think it's a great price. Okay, but that's not what I asked you. Uh, yeah, it's a fair price for this market for sure. Okay, great. You mind if I ask you a few questions? See if we can do business today. Um, yeah. You sure? It's okay to say no to me. Yeah. No. I. I go ahead. Let's okay, see. Okay. You sounded like. Do. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were busy or something like that. Um, this You're the owner of this house, I presume? Yep. Any other owners? Uh, my wife. Oh, okay. And you're living in, this is your own home? Actually, uh, no, it was my first home. Oh, so you're living somewhere else? Yes. This home isn't vacant though, right? Yeah, it's vacant. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, and how long you been try, uh, how long you been trying to sell it? Uh, well, it's actually been, um, I, you know, I, I kind of took my time as far as, uh, getting, getting, uh, the property ready to go for sale again. So it's actually been vacant for a year. Oh my gosh. Well, you want it free and clear, obviously no one would want to lose that much money. <laughs> no, no, I definitely owe, uh, owe something on it. Oh, well, what did your realtor say when you asked her about why it didn't sell? Uh, well, we've had we've had it officially on the market for the last month or so, but before then, it was just kind of me dragging my feet, and as far as getting it, you know, all the repairs done to make it sellable, if you want to say that. Oh, okay. So there, it needed repairs, huh? Well, you know, you got to make the kitchen look nice and redo the bathrooms, you know, stuff like that. Cosmetics. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it'll sell sometime in the next year, right? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, maybe you can buy it today. What? Tell me why I should. Um, uh, because it's a it's a great deal for a homeowner, you know. Why is that? Um, because I put a lot of work into it. It looks great, and uh, the neighborhood's nice. Oh, really? And it's one eighty four. And yeah. you want, you don't own this free you don't own this free and clear, do you? No. You have a mortgage on it. Yes. Okay. Why don't you just rent it out or something like that? You know, I, I thought about that, but I'm just—I put so much work into it. I don't want a tenant coming in there and, um, you know, kind of taking away tenants. You know, they don't care too much about about the property, and even if they do, they still don't take care of it the way you want. And then, and then, you know, eventually you'll have to end up selling it again, and you may have to end up putting repairs into it again. So, you know. Okay. So really, if the house doesn't sell for another six to 12 months, it's not a financial constraint for you and your bride. I mean, it's not, it's not going to kill me right now, but it'd sure be nice to uh, not have to worry about that, not have to make that payment. Oh, okay. Let's stop the role play for just a minute here. Okay. okay. Well, Joe, what score would you give him on the, uh, 
on a one through ten, what would you, in sense of urgency, what score would you give Alex there? Uh, maybe a three or four. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty low. Right. Uh, when, and there's a rule here. If you know, I haven't. If I can't, and I, we were that role play went a little long, probably about four or five minutes. Um, in in that time, in my head, I'm thinking, this guy, he has a mortgage on it. He has a lot of pride of ownership. He did a lot of repairs. He doesn't seem to be in any rush or urgency uh, as far as financial constraints on him. Yeah. So, so that's, there's no pain there financially. The only other thing I can do is uh, I call it the needs and greeds. I might have to hit his greed button. <laughs> ah, yes. I like that. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back. Let's try that one and see how that role play comes out. Okay, good. Okay. And so, um, Alex, let me just ask, what do you do for a living, Alex? You sound like a bright young guy. Um, I'm actually uh, in real estate. Really? Yes. What do you do? Um, mainly I uh, buy, fix, and sell houses. Can I, can I ask you a question without you getting mad at me? Please promise you won't get mad at me. Um, I'll try not to. Okay, good. You sound like a really bright, young, intelligent go-getter, and you're in real estate. Why is a guy this smart... You are literally losing thousands and thousands of dollars on this empty property. Why? Why is such a smart guy doing such dumb stuff? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just was at the point where um, I had a tenant in there, and the monthly payment wasn't killing me. I had to, you know, get it fixed up originally, and now it's out there ready for uh, a brand new homeowner to come on. It's listed with a realtor, and when I sell it, I'd be glad to realize my nice, big, fat, healthy profit. Plus, I am paying down some principal every month, so. <laughs> but you've got – but. This, my point is, Alex, you've got this house. It's empty. You're paying taxes, insurance, maintenance, uh, mortgage on this property, and you're getting no return on it. It's like putting thousands of dollars into a CD, and you're losing, and you're paying the bank interest to hold your money. Yes, that's true. That's so very, I, I, very I'm, true. I'm, I'm surprised that a guy as smart as you <laughs> isn't doing Let me ask you something before I get off the phone. Okay. Suppose I suppose there was a way to rent this house with a high assurance that it would be taken care of, that you would be paid on time, and that you would have a potential buyer in the house. That isn't anything you'd be interested in talking to me about today, is it? Well, the main thing is I would definitely want the house taken care of for all and if the we could, And if we could solve that problem, you wouldn't want to move forward with my with an offering, would you? Well, I'm definitely interested uh, in an offer on the house. Um, but that's I mean, not, I think what, I, I, that's not I what think, I asked you. I think I see where, you're, where what you're getting at. But um, yeah, I mean, if you can, if 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 it plugged the the hole and I was able to uh, get a potential sale, yeah, I might might be able to consider something like that. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said if you are. If you're able to uh, fix that situation of, uh, obviously, the negative cash flow. Okay, let me write this down. If I could fix the negative cash flow, go ahead. Um, and uh, you could also uh, have somebody uh, that might be able to take great care of the house. Okay, I mean, yeah. number, I, number two, great care of the house. Okay, number two, what else? Yeah, um, yeah I would definitely consider something like that for sure. What does consider mean? Um, 
I would definitely look at that as a viable option. If I could do these two things for you, what would it take for you and I to make a commitment to do business today? If I could guarantee it to your personal satisfaction, would you and I be able to move forward? Um, we might be able to. Is that might yes or might no? Um, no, might yes. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, might I said, yes. Okay. I said, yeah, may, maybe so. Yes. Okay. He's off the role play. He's using every wishy-washy word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have a very big problem with commitment, man. <laughs> but you know, and let's go back in the role play, Joe. You know what? I don't want you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. And it sounds to me that even if I could provide you. Uh, with a viable financial plan that would make you a lot of money with a good tenant and possibly get your house sold, I don't think you'd be comfortable with it. So it's okay to say no. And if you can't say no, I can. Yeah. This, should, should I get off the phone at this point, Joe? Because I know your time's valuable. I mean, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you um, you, you've got a, if you have a real good option, you could go ahead and just send you know send me the um, send me the your 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 paperwork, and I'll take a look at it and. We cannot move forward from there. Can you hear this sound, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just—I just put the offer in the shredder for you. I saved us a lot of time and trouble. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's been real fun talking to you. I'll send you a letter. Uh, I'll send you a letter, and if you want to get back to me on it before tomorrow. On it, uh, we can talk a little bit more and see if we can move forward. Otherwise, it's been, you've been a great guy. Thanks for talking with me, and I wish you well. I, I appreciate it, man. Off the role play. That's called firing the prospect. I, li I like that. Yeah. I like that. I need to get a shredder. I that was good. <laughs> that was really – see, because you, you, you make the prospect laugh, and they, they know – you know, a lot of times when somebody throws an objection at you, like a wishy-washy or a non-committal like I was doing – they, I mean, what are they, they're like, oh, good, that one worked, you know? <laughs> I had one guy once, this is very dangerous what I teach people, I had one guy once, and what did he say to me, he says, um, I didn't, um, you know, I, I, I didn't come here to be, uh, I, I didn't come here to be abused, and I said, well, where do you usually go? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, here's the thing about this, guys. And, and this goes back to my philosophy, and it's okay to disagree with me on this. I really believe that we cannot do this day after day and have fun with it and be successful financially unless we're having – we enjoy what we're doing. We're having fun. If I'm going to pick up the phone all day long and get abused and manipulated and lied and hung up on, how do you do this day after day, honestly? Yeah. How do you do this stuff? So you saw the fun and what these two role plays we did, we had a little we had a little bit of fun, but I gotta tell you something. These are pretty close to the way it sounds sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I gave you a real live scenario that um, you know, I've got a house that I'm waiting just to get a to a normal seller in there, uh, or normal buyer in there to cash my equity out. So yeah. <laughs> this guy this guy did not have enough pain or need or agony or urgency to to want to make a commitment today it wasn't right now that doesn't mean let's call back uh, can we do one more role play joe do we have time for a one minute role play oh yeah sure okay uh, i'm gonna call alex back it's it's gonna be one month later 
Okay. Yeah, hi, Mr. Hi there, Mr. Youngblood. Yeah. Okay, uh, you probably don't remember me. This is Claude Diamond. We spoke about your house about five, six weeks ago. Oh, yeah, the Shredder Man. I the got you. Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, that was a lot of fun, and you were a good guy. You didn't get mad at me, so thank you. Uh, you know, Alex, your house must be gone already, right? Oh, I wish it was. Wait a second. You didn't understand my question because of the silly New York City accent. You still can't be making payments on that house that's been on the market for a year still, right? Um, well, it hasn't been on. Well, five, or is this five, six weeks or five, six months? Well, I think when I spoke to you the first time, you told me you've been trying to sell it for a year. You did repairs. You gave it to a realtor. And it's been, uh, and then I spoke with you, uh, I think around the holidays or something like that. So about, okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know, it's been a couple months uh, later. Yeah, we've had a couple people come through it and, and whatnot, but no, it's not sold yet. Oh, but uh, people are making offers at least. Yeah, we've had some lowball offers, but Oh, not. okay, that's great. It's an escrow then, right? No, no, I don't want a lowball offer. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, off the role play. Sometimes you follow up. Alex doesn't seem to have changed his temperament at all about this property. He's in that state, uh, that river in Egypt. What do they call it? Denial. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. He's not, he's not a, a seven or an eight yet. He's maybe, he's still that three or four on our, on our scale. So can I continue to, I'll save my notes. By the way, um, I'm using this great new software. It's called Evernote. Are you guys familiar with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I take these notes and I'll take pictures of the property and the web pages and I'll put it all together in a lovely little file in Evernote, which is free. Yeah. And wow. this thing is a cloud. And if I need to recall something, I use my iPad or my iPhone or whatever. This thing is the one of the best tools I've ever seen for investors. Nice. Um, and, and it's free. So I will take all these notes about Alex and I'll put them all in my little Evernote file there. And then before I call him back, um, I'll check my notes again. I know his dog is Spot, his wife is Mary Lou, uh, you know, and all the other things and the numbers on the property and how long. And I'll call him back. Can I? Maybe I'll call Alex back in two, three months after the second phone call. Can I do that, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> I can call him back. Do people change their minds in business, oh, yeah. in real estate? For sure. All yeah, the yeah. time. <laughs> all the time. So we'll call we'll call Alex back, and maybe in six months, Alex will say, man, I just need to get rid of this property. I mean, I've been like that, where I had one attitude about something, and I was adamant about it, and then maybe months later, I said, I am so, I just want to get rid of this thing. I am tired of it, and I change, and I, I change my numbers and everything like that, and I become flexible. You know, sometimes the, the people who draw the line in the sand, sometimes they actually, after time wounds, all heals, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Clyde, and you know what? Uh, I can guarantee you that he'll remember you three, four months down the road. The shredder. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because of that, but also because uh, you didn't bow down to him and uh, beg him for his business. Why? You know, because uh, you don't need to. You only need to work with people who want to work with you. I love. I love. See, this is the philosophy of 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 just enjoying taking care of yourself putting yourself first, taking on the role of the professional and asking those questions, not to bully or pressure people. I invited, if you heard the role plays, but both you, Joe, and Alex, 
How many, did you hear me say it's okay to say no? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Why do I I do that? And sometimes I say I got to get off the phone or before I get off the phone. Who's It takes pressure off. It takes pressure off. And who's in control? You are. Why is that important? Um, that's a good question. It just it is because we got to feel good about ourselves to do this. Yeah, we've got to make you know people have to perceive us as the doctors of real estate, not just another person who just went to a weekend seminar and wants to get rich, but someone who says, "Hey, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I may maybe we can do business. Maybe I have some solutions for you. If you can be flexible, maybe on your price or terms, maybe I can make an offering to you today." Um, something I've been doing a lot, uh, Joe, that is fairly new for me. I send a letter of intent, yep. which is basically a real nice corporate letterhead. And I basically say, it was nice to speak with you or Alex. Uh, this is what we discussed. This is the price. Uh, I would like to move forward with the rent to own. And I'll let the letter very short and to the point, uh, and I'll set it up for in the next meeting with another time. And it's a judgment call whether or not to send the letter of intent or actually a contract. Now, would you send it to Alex still, or would you sure. wait until? I mean, even after the first call, you still would have sent something to him. I oh oh, that's a great question, super question. The rule, my rule is everybody gets something. Okay. I would say ninety nine percent of the people I speak with today are going to get a follow-up letter or, you know, I'm a big fan of iJot, E-Y-E-J-O-T. Yeah. I, I send video emails to people and I do it because it's unusual. I try to do things that my competition is not going to do. And I'll send, I'll send a video, iJot, to uh, Alex. Uh, Alex, I had a lot of fun there. I hope you didn't take it the wrong way. Um, I think I have some ideas and solutions for your property. There's a lot of different ways we can work together. If you'd like to continue this conversation, uh, please, at your convenience, call me. Here's my number, Skype, everything else. Boom. And I'll send him that video. Um, I may even send him a letter attached with that, a letter of intent, which will kind of be an overview of what we discussed Okay, and I'll leave the ball in his court. Remember, I couldn't get him over a 3-4. I have nothing to lose. How many times do you think a seller actually gets a written offer or a letter or a video email? Hardly ever. Why? And, and here's the thing. People change their minds. Yeah. People forget you 10 seconds after the phone is on the is off the hook. Okay, people, and, but if they get a follow-up and say, you know, that... It, that guy had a few good ideas. Uh, he was a little crazy with that shredder and stuff, but you know, um, maybe I should maybe let me call him back. Now they can. Yeah, that's good. Now good they good. can. Well, Claude, this is fun, guys. That was amazing, and um, we could talk for another couple hours about this. Uh, you, I've read a lot of books on sales, um, and and by far. Um, the book that you wrote on the guts sales method is the best, in my opinion, that I've ever read. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Specifically related to um, real estate investors. Now, I know you didn't write it for real estate investors, um, it's, but it's a very, very good book, and I want to recommend it highly to everybody um, because it will uh, it'll change your business. It'll change. It'll help you make more money, plain and simple. Yeah, it's on um, Amazon and eBay. Yeah. The mentor teaches the guts sales method. It's a story. Uh, more than an academic writing. I like to, uh, books sometimes bore me a little, so I love to blend them into a, 
uh, Horatio Alger style story. Right, and and it is very easy and entertaining to read. Um, it's I, a happy ending. The guy gets the girl and everything. <laughs> Oops, gave away the ending. So, <laughs> Claude, what's the best way to get a hold of you if people are interested? In, in uh, I answer my own phone. I'm in yeah. San Diego right now, 619-421-4121. Or um, pull me up on Skype. Just talk. Uh, just type in Claude Diamond. I uh, can't guarantee that I'll always answer the phone or be online, but I'll always get back to you. Good. And then a, a website to get a hold of you? ClaudeDiamond.com or Guts. Sales.com. GutsSales.com. ClaudeDiamond.com. Uh, we'll have those websites in the show notes. Um, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Claude. I've got to jet out of here and pick up my daughter from yeah. preschool or I'm going to be a dead man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been a pleasure as always, Alex and Claude. Um, I sure hope we can have you on again, Claude. Well, this was a lot of fun for me too, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. God awesome. Bless. See you guys. Take care. Bye. Take care.